hopefully it'll be helpful as you if you want to take notes and as we go in through this tonight and I'm going to get, do a disclaimer on that right away um, I usually proofread my slides before I put them up on a projector but that didn't happen so <laughs> if there's typos or something wrong you can sure tell me about it later and it won't it won't offend me at all but um, hopefully there's not so we're going to continue our study uh, tonight in pneumatology the person and work of the Holy Spirit and Let's see if I can get this thing to work. Here we go. Um, just We're going to review just a little bit so we can kind of get our minds back on what we studied the last time. Um, we define what pneumatology is and what the, the etymology of that word is, um, meaning spirit, wind, or breath, just the study of the Holy Spirit and his works. Uh, we read from the 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith about the Trinity and the Holy Spirit's part in that. Um, there's some some really important truth in there about that we serve one God. We are a monotheist. Uh, we, we don't believe in three gods. And, and we talked about how important that was when we talked about who the Holy Spirit is, um, that he's not a force, he's a person. So we talked about that a little bit and how that the Trinity fits in together with each other, that we serve one God in three persons. And then we talked about two essential truths about the Holy Spirit. The first one, that the Holy Spirit is a person and not an impersonal force. So I've even noticed um, since I started studying this, even in our high school chapel a couple of times, somebody was talking about the Holy Spirit said it. You know, and it's, it's not intentional. They didn't mean that. Um, it's not what they believe. But uh, we use um, the, the pronouns he for the Holy Spirit because he's a person, not a force. Um, so you may you may catch that sometimes, and, and hopefully most of the times it's, un, it's not intentional. But then the second one says, the second truth is that the Holy Spirit is God, not a creation of God. So he is uh, God himself. He is a member of the Trinity. Now, the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament is what we're going to look at tonight. Um, it doesn't take long in the Bible for the Holy Spirit to to uh, come up. Um, the first mention of the Holy Spirit is right in the first couple of verses of the Bible uh, in Genesis uh, 1, 1 through 2. And if it's okay, I am going to get some people tonight, if you have your Bibles, to help us out with some scripture reading. Uh, we're not going to talk about that one quite yet because we're going to get to that um, when we uh, jump into our text here in a minute, uh, our different points. But I just put that on that slide to, to let you know the Holy Spirit is all through the Old Testament. Uh, I think sometimes there's the misunderstanding and, and even about Christ uh, in this sense too that that's a New Testament and it's God the Father in the Old Testament. It's not that way. The Holy Spirit is evident all through uh, the Old Testament. So that's what we're going to look at tonight. And we have just five things. We're going to be really quick tonight. I, I, I really went long last time and I, I know I did. So we're going to try to be quick and there's probably about, in, in the different books that I studied and the different commentaries that I looked at and some of the systematic theologies, most of them had somewhere between 12 and 15 items on the, old, the, the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. We're going to hit the high points. We're going to do five, if that's okay tonight. We're going to try to hit five of those. Uh, there are some other ones. I even combined some of them uh, that I thought went together really uh, easily. So, But we're, we're really scratching the surface. But the Spirit as Creator is the first one that we want to look at. So in the Old Testament, the Spirit as 
creator. And you have Genesis 1, um, 1 through 2. Somebody would volunteer to read that for us. All right, Brother Drew, go ahead. Right, so um, in creation, every time I read that, and I don't know if, if this happens with you, but every time I read that, I try to, I kind of try to picture that in my mind. It's just the way I'm wired. And that is a really difficult thing to try to picture, that the earth, things had been spoken into existence, so there is substance at this point, but the Spirit is hovering over the face of the waters, and God is speaking things into existence, and the Spirit is giving life and creating order. Um, what an amazing thing. What an amazing scene that would have been. He brought forth, light, brought forth light out of darkness and order out of disorder. Um, one of the key works of the Holy Spirit is to bring things to life and to set things in order. So you can be thinking ahead. I do that a lot. Um, so as you think about the work of the Holy Spirit, even in salvation... We're saying even in creation, part of the work of the Holy Spirit is to bring things to life and to set things in order. Doesn't that fit even when we think about the Holy Spirit and what he does in salvation and giving us a spiritual life as well? So in creation, he was a part of creation. Um, we have that in the first two verses of the Bible. Uh, then that 1 Corinthians 14.33, we don't have to turn and read that one, but uh, that's where um, we read that God is not a God of confusion, but a God of order, God of peace. Uh, and it's talking about the Holy Spirit in that, in that section of Scripture there. And it just we're kind of reinforcing with that Scripture. You can write that down and go look at it later and, and just read the text around it too if you want to. Uh, but even in creation, the Holy Spirit uh, brings order to things. So he brings life and he brings order. So that's what you have there in 1 Corinthians 14. Uh, 33 uh, in Psalm 104 29 through 30 um, somebody will read that for us all right go ahead sister Vicki Isn't that interesting? So the Spirit, he says, he sends out the Spirit and there is life. There is uh, life created. When thou sendest forth thy Spirit, they are created. They, thou renewest the face of the ground. So through the Spirit, God creates life. And um, it's just an amazing thought about God creating life. We had very recently somebody come from the Pregnancy Crisis Center talk to us about the issue of life. Um, the Old Testament saints believed that, the, that God created life. That's what they believed, and, and we believe that as well. And that's why, to us, that's not just a political issue. It's not just some hot-button topic. It's what we believe about God, that God creates life, and that the Holy Spirit is involved in that creation of life. That conception as a person in your mother's womb was a sovereign act of creation by God's Spirit, and that every breath that we now take all the things that happen in our body, that is all sustained every moment by the work of the Holy Spirit. So you want to know about the power of the Holy Spirit? You think about that for a minute, that the Holy Spirit brings life and sustains all life. 
we were, uh, I was actually talking to a doctor uh, in my office the other day, and we just kind of got to talking about scripture and different things. And I said, I'm going to imagine that somebody like you that knows the, the, all the intricacies of the human body and really knows a whole lot more about it than I do, um, would, it's, it's probably a great strength to your faith. And he said, he said, absolutely, that's the truth. He said, you know, the more you learn about all the different things that go into just for us to wake up and take a breath and get up and walk around and all the processes that have to be, it's not just that God creates life, God sustains life as well. So the Holy Spirit creates life and he sustains every moment that we live, all the interactions of the cells in our bodies, every breath that we take is sustained by the power of the Holy Spirit. So um, the world that we live in now, it really doesn't view things that way. It sees everything as just these crude mechanical processes. Uh, there's a big difference between a human being and a machine. Y'all agree with that? <laughs> there's a big difference between a human being and a machine. Um, these processes are not just processes of evolution and natural selection and and just the mechanical processes of nature. The Holy Spirit is involved in the creation of life and in the sustaining of life. And we ought to be able to see that in, in creation and in, in God's um, just his amazing work in the design of creation. Every Everything that was created was created by God through the Holy Spirit and, and it's sustained by him as well through the Spirit of God. So he is the creator. Now this next one is... Uh, regeneration and indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Um, this one, Brother, yes. Before you move on, can I just yeah. share one sure. extra verse? It's always been one of my favorites. Because Job, you know, they yep. believe is one of the earliest books of the Bible written. Right. If y'all just got down Job 33, 4, the Spirit of God hath made me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, no, no. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it, that's a really good one because what it's what it's showing is what I said that it's not like that God created Adam and Eve and started a clock and then from then it's just been a mechanical process. Every time a life is created, that's a creative act of God. Uh, now, definitely through uh, the means of of what He has designed, but it's a creative act. Job said God created me, not humans or Adam and Eve. He created me. So. Great, great proof text there. All right, so regeneration and indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So remember, we're talking about the Old Testament. We're going to use some New Testament verses to talk about it, but we're still talking about the Old Testament. So in my description over there, I've got Old Testament believers experienced regeneration and indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. John 3.10, somebody will turn to John chapter 3. We're going to have several in that area. So John 3.10, if somebody will read that, Gigi, go ahead. 310, yes ma'am. Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? All right, so he's talking to Nicodemus, and what is he talking about to Nicodemus in this passage? Well, we're going to go back and look at John 3. He's talking about the new birth. He's talking about you must be born again by the Holy Spirit. You must be born again to enter into the kingdom of God, to see the kingdom of God. That's, what he's, that's what's under consideration. And as he's talking to Nicodemus about that, what was Nicodemus' answer? He said, are you saying that I've got to go into my mother's womb and be born again? You know, he's, he, what are you talking about? That doesn't make sense. And so then Jesus says it again, and then he says this. He says, are you a teacher of Israel and you don't understand this? 
So this was not something that should have been, in Jesus' mind, new information to Nicodemus. It shouldn't have been new information for him. This has been, should have been something that as a teacher in Israel uh, that he should have known. An Israelite uh, who had ever been uh, someone who understand God's word should know uh, that that takes uh, a new birth by the Holy Spirit, a new life, uh, a new spiritual life uh, by the Holy Spirit. And so we look at John 3. We don't, we don't have to turn on that one, John 3, 3. I think you're all familiar with that. Uh, but then we want to look at John 7, 39. If somebody will turn to that one, John 7, 39, and we're going to kind of compare those two. So in John 3, he says... Um, he talks about the new birth, and then in verse 10, he says, you should have known this. Now, John 7, 39, uh, who, who's got that? All right, go ahead. So this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. All right, so the reason I brought that up, there are some who say, well, the Holy Spirit wasn't given at all. Um, he fell on Pentecost. Before that, the Holy Spirit wasn't. Was any, it had no effect, there was no, no thing, and they're going to use a verse like that to talk about that. But then when you go back and compare that with John chapter 3, and we're going to look at some other things as well, um, we understand that for them to understand the law of God, to understand their, their sin and those kinds of things, to understand spiritual things, they had to have the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, they, they were no more um, lost. I mean, they were, they, were, they were just as lost as you and I were. They have a sin nature just like we did. And so uh, that for them to understand the law of God and to believe in God and to, and to follow his word and to uh, seek to follow the law, they would have had to have the help of the Holy Spirit. So Paul says in Romans 8, 7, and 9, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Was there anybody in the Old Testament that pleased God? I think there was. There were people that pleased God in the Old Testament. Without the Holy Spirit, you cannot please God, what Paul is teaching there. And the Spirit, the, the Spirit of God that dwells in you. So there are those in the flesh and those in the Spirit that Paul is teaching about there. Those in the flesh are devoid of the Spirit and cannot submit to God's law or please Him. Those that are in the Spirit are indwelt by the Spirit and are enabled by Him to, uh, to seek God, to, to have faith, uh, to obey God, all of those things, those spiritual abilities uh, that we do not have in our nature. So all of the Old Testament saints who trusted God and followed in his ways uh, in the obedience of faith were born again by the Spirit of God, and the, the Spirit of God was with them. Uh, Numbers 27, 18. Uh, have, well, let's go 14, 24. We'll go in order. Numbers 14, 24 first. Somebody will grab that text. Course. All right, go ahead, Mary Reese. All right, and then Numbers 27, 18 says, And the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, didn't have a father, in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand upon him. So it's just interesting that tie-in with what we're hearing on Sunday morning about Joshua and Caleb and, and this going into the promised land. What did it say they were possessors of? The Spirit of God. And it's amazing. It says with Caleb, he even had kind of this, um, what, how did it word it um, in that one? My servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit, has followed. You know, he, That was a pretty amazing man. Um, 
if you know if you study him a little bit he's pretty amazing amazing man but they were possessors of the holy spirit so what this really comes down to is the the saints in the old testament were saved in the same way that we are Uh, they were born of the spirit they trusted god's promises they followed his commandments in the obedience of faith Um, so when people ask this question how's a person in the old testament saved and how's a person in the new testament saved it's really in the same way there's there's differences of course and i'm not going to get into that tonight we're not going to get in and and divide all that out exactly but um but that's that's the simple answer is that yes uh, the holy spirit must come in and do a work um, even in those in the old testament that that regeneration that giving of spiritual life and ability producing faith and repentance um, in a promised Christ in the Old Testament. And in us, we look backwards at the cross and, and we see what God has accomplished. Uh, to them, they were looking in types and shadows at a promised Christ. They were looking for the Messiah to come. They were looking for that Holy One of Israel that would come, uh, that would atone for sins. But that, that faith uh, was uh, really uh, not that different from our faith. It's just looking at it from different perspectives. So there had to be the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament for that to be possible so when people ask the question were old testament saints indwelt by the holy spirit you will get a lot of different answers on that. i'm gonna go ahead and tell you you can get a lot of different answers on that but the answer i believe is yes they were um i guess the caveat to that and, and we're not going to dive into this right now but you know is is what people believe about what happened at pentecost so in joel in the old testament what's what is promised and then what happens at pentecost when it says the holy spirit was poured out on the people of god there is a difference before and after that in the history of redemption. that's a huge event in the history of redemption but it does not mean that the holy spirit was not active at all before that day that does not mean that so we might get into that in a future future lesson but that's the that's the short version the short primer just for tonight so the holy spirit in the old testament in regeneration and the indwelling Uh, the holy spirit now third the spirit as a teacher in nehemiah chapter 9 we're gonna look at two different verses there in nehemiah chapter 9 so if i get one person to turn there and maybe get both of those for us any volunteers nehemiah 9 20 and i think it's 9 30 yeah 9 30 nehemiah 9 20 and nehemiah 9 30 all right go ahead yes Amen. And then Nehemiah 9.30. All right, Zayden. Zayden said he would get that one. Let's let him get that one. Right. So there's really kind of two ways that you say that the Holy Spirit is a is a teacher here and it's it's still applicable today in in a slightly different way but the spirit was their instructor really in kind of two senses one is that god's spirit spoke through prophets um, to people god's word what god wanted them to hear so he instructed them through prophets even in different ways in the old testament but there when i say two senses there's also the other side of that that he also enabled them to understand that teaching and to know that it was true and know that it was the word of God. So it's when I say it's very much the same today, and you've heard me say this plenty of times from the pulpit, and you've heard Brother Nathan say it, and I'm sure Brother Jeff has said it before, 
what we believe about preaching is that the Holy Spirit must be involved on both ends. That for, for preaching to be what it should be, the Holy Spirit has to empower the speaker, but the Holy Spirit also has to give you understanding. and has to um, give you an open heart to receive those things. Um, we, the difference is, in this case, when he spoke through the prophets, that was infallible. That was the word of God. When, when he spoke in that way through the Holy Spirit, through a prophet, it was, it was the word of God, and that's why it became Scripture. Uh, and we're going to talk about that in a whole different... Um, by the way, I'll just go ahead and say that we're not going to talk about the inspiration of Scripture tonight because we're going to do that in a whole... That's a bigger topic that we'll do in a whole other lesson. But when God spoke to men and it says the Holy Spirit moved men, to, that, was, that was a different thing. Uh, than what we do today with preaching. Preaching is fallible. It's why we hope that what you do is you search the scriptures to see if these things be so. So this, the Holy Spirit as a teacher, today the Spirit still instructs us. He still teaches us through, his, through the Word of God, through illuminating the Word of God as we read and as we study and as we hear the Word preached. Uh, we ought to pray earnestly for an outpouring of God's Spirit in that work. Uh, that we might learn more about God. That's something that you could pray for your church regularly. Uh, send the Holy Spirit to us to teach us, to instruct us, um, not only through your men, but through your word as we read and study. Uh, I think the other thing I would point out about that is that um, make sure that you're in the word. <laughs> you know, if you pray for the Holy Spirit to uh, in, in illuminate the word to you. You need to be in the word and not just at church, but in your daily life. Find time to get in the word of God. Um, the Holy Spirit instructs through God's Word. So the Holy Spirit as a teacher. Believers in the Old Testament experience the Spirit of God as their counselor or teacher. And that we used Nehemiah 9.20 and Nehemiah 9.30 for that one. Now, this one's a little different. Um, it's really interesting to me personally, but um, Exodus 31, 1 through 5, we're going to talk about the gifts of special abilities in the Old Testament that the Holy Spirit did. There's some really, it's really just an interesting passage here in, in Exodus 31, 1 through 5. Anybody have that one already? Volunteer to read? A little bit longer passage. All right, Brother Drew, go ahead. Thank you. Isn't that really interesting? Now, could you learn all that stuff by you know trial and error and practice and all that? Yes, but this is different. That's not what the scripture says. It says he was filled with the Spirit of God and given a special ability in these things. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? That's a pretty cool concept there. Um, all of these different things, ability, intelligence, knowledge, craftsmanship, to design artistic designs, to work in gold and silver and bronze, cutting stones, setting, carving wood for work in every craft. So this is, a, this is an absolute terrible example, but it's like downloading. You know, it's almost like the Holy Spirit came on him and he was given an, a special ability in these artistic designs and works that he was going to serve God by carrying out. I think that's the key to it. It wasn't just so he could go out and make some, something over here. It was to serve God with that ability. So in one sense... All craftsmanship and artistic ability are gifts of God. But really, in, in this case, these are, are special. This is, is different. Uh, I think one place this can also apply is in music. 
Uh, I think I think the Spirit of God directs some of the hymns that you hear uh, that people write. Uh, in, it's got to be influenced by the Holy Spirit. I think to to give people that ability and and just the gifts uh, to be able to not just write the words but write the music, uh, the skill. I think of Brother Tim Cannon. The the Holy Spirit's on that man in a different way than he is um, a lot of other people about music. It's there's something about it uh, with him that's that's different. So the Holy Spirit, I think, can and and did, especially in the Old Testament. There's this enabling of of special abilities. Um, that passage is one. There's some others that we could go to. Uh, there's one about uh, the musicians um, in Psalms that's that's really good. But uh, we're going to move on from that. I just I just really thought that was an uh, an amazing thing, especially in that context, that the Holy Spirit of God was on him, and it said for this purpose, for him to be able to fulfill what God needed him to do in his service. A lot of times, um, you know, I think that's the way we have to think about that. When God gives a gift, it's for a purpose. And so even in the gifts that he gives you, it may not be all of these things that it said that he gave him, but he gave you gifts too. Those gifts are given so that we can use them. There's a purpose in them, uh, not just uh, like we said for, for some other reason, but in the service of God. Now in the last one, uh, the gift of prophecy. Uh, the Holy Spirit gave some in the Old Testament a gift of prophecy. And so John Owen broke this down in his book on the Holy Spirit into two things. Prophecy did two things. It told of things to come, and it declared the mind of God. I think it's a great way to kind of break that down. So when we think of prophecy, I think in our minds, the first thing we think of is that first one. It told of things to come. And that did happen in the Old Testament in some amazing ways. You know, what if you showed up somewhere and, and somebody was standing there with a book and said, yep, you're... <laughs> You're right on time. You're supposed to be here right now. It would be amazing, wouldn't it? You would say, there's something, there's something to that. Well, there were some amazing prophecies. For one, all the prophecies in the Old Testament about the Messiah, just, just that topic. If you go, um, I think I mentioned this recently in a sermon, but if you have one of those old archaic, like actual book copies of Strong's Concordance, and you turn over to the back, there are about three or four pages where it has all the prophecies of Christ listed and their fulfillment in the New Testament across for it. If you want to just get happy one day, just go through and just read those and, re and then go to the New Testament and then read the prophecy and read the fulfillment. And re it is amazing how many prophecies in the Old Testament were fulfilled in Christ in the New Testament. I guess what's amazing to me about that is that they didn't see it. It's, it's, you, just, you just almost wonder how in the world did they miss there's so many things that christ fulfilled how in the world could they have missed it but the truth is if we'd have been there we'd been in the same boat uh, that they were in that's the truth of it but looking backwards now it's kind of hard to imagine that they didn't see that so the holy spirit uh, gave some in the old testament a gift of prophecy like we said broken down into these two categories told of things to come it also declared the mind of god so the prophet would come and he would speak and he would tell the people what God wanted them to know about either who God was or what God wanted them to do, all of those things, the mind of God. It's also true um, of what I said. There's going to be a whole other topic that we're going to cover later because it's just really too big to, to fit in on, on one Wednesday night is the inspiration of Scripture. That's kind of in this same vein. It's also true of the inspiration of Scripture. One of the key verses on that is 2 Peter 1, uh, 21, holy men of God. Um, wrote as they were spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit they spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit so the Holy Spirit is directly involved in that 
Um, there's another passage here in, in Numbers 11:25 that we want to turn to. This is this is one of those kind of also kind of those strange events uh, that took place. In Numbers 11:25, the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took some of the spirit that was upon him and put it upon the 70 elders. So you remember this is when the context here is this is when Moses was really getting burdened down with leading the people of God. He was just, it's just too much. I just can't do it. I'm too burdened. And so God says, well, gather these 70 elders together. And he says he took some of the spirit that rested on them and he put it on the 70 elders. And when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied. But then it has this, but then they did it no more. So evidently they prophesied and then that's all. That was all it is. It was almost like an indication that the Spirit was with them and they were going to be um, empowered to lead and to lead in, a, in more of, I guess, like a civil way. But it wasn't, uh, they didn't prophesy after this moment. But what an amazing scene that here Moses is and God takes some, the, the Spirit was in him in great measure and he took some of that and he, he put it on the 70 elders and then they helped Moses lead the people. So, uh, this gift of prophecy, uh, it is very different in the Old Testament and, and the New Testament. Uh, there's some differences there that we'll get into later when we start talking about that in, in the New Testament, but I'm not going to get into that tonight either. But in the Old Testament, these prophets were important because they were the way that God communicated with the people. And he did that through either one of those two things, like John Owen said. It's uh, told of things that were going to come or he declared the mind of God. That was the prophet that came. So we're going to close there for tonight, and I, I, do want, I did want to leave plenty of time tonight. I left five minutes. I left two minutes last time. Got five whole minutes. If you've got a question or comments, comments are fine too. doesn't have to be a question. Something about one of those topics that you want to say a little more about or ask a question about, anything.